0: Time is a time is to time is a time is time is time is time is time,
1: is, time is. You're do i do i do sexy melissa things that i'm into they're called hobbies
2: i'm talking
1: hobbies yeah creative oxy type that's me all right little late at night drawing with my pixar light gotta get the shading on my face just right i'm doing a self-portrait in charcoal y'all it's I like biking, hiking, smelling my books. I like drawing, painting, cooking for one. I like sewing, knitting, smelling my books. I like napping, waking up, and talking like Gandalf. Wait, hold on. Gandalf. Mm hmm. I wake up, I go, mm, that was a good nap.
3: Howdy, and welcome to the ABI 1.0 podcast. I'm your host, Terry Thompson. Hobbies are like cherished friends that bring fun and excitement to our lives. They let us express ourselves, learn new skills, and break free from the monotony of everyday life. Whether it's knitting, playing guitar, or painting, hobbies ignite our passion and unleash our inner weirdo. So prepare yourselves. For this episode, we're going to find out all about hobbies. In a world where conformity often reigns, hobbies offer a chance to be unique, to embrace the unconventional, and to celebrate individuality. They remind us that life is meant to be explored, enjoyed, and lived to the fullest. When I'm running backwards, it
4: almost feels like I'm flying because it's such a different visual perspective seeing how far I've gone as opposed to how far I need to go. When you're going backwards, you can really just take a step back, literally, and enjoy what you're doing. Hi, I'm Aaron Yoder. I'm a backwards runner. I have the world record for the fastest smile ran backwards. My fastest backwards smile time is five minutes and 54 seconds. I've been running forward for over 20 years. I started running competitively when I was in elementary school and then ran on scholarship during my early 20s. I ran so much that I sustained a knee injury. My uh, doctor told me to stop running and I really didn't want to stop. So I knew I had to make some sort of change. Retro running or backwards running is where you're literally just running in reverse and there's no impact on my knee. I run backwards everywhere. I run backwards on the treadmill, I run backwards on the track, and also out on country roads. Backwards running feels great on my knee. I don't feel anything, which is a reason why I really enjoy it. There we go. Good job. When I'm coaching my track team, I occasionally have them run backwards as to enhance and diversify their training workouts. Onward and upward. Good job. Way to go. Good warm up there. There's more backwards runners out there than one would think. There are hundreds if not thousands of people that decide to run in reverse the last world championships, there were over 20 countries represented and close to 200 athletes. Backwards running has allowed me to see things in a little bit different perspective. In a world where everyone goes forward and I'm going backwards, it's really allowed me to just get back to competing against myself and not be so concerned what other people are doing I found great gratification in the fact that I'm just competing against my own shadow.
3: All I've really got to say about this next upcoming story is people have really strange
0: hobbies. Everybody's got their favorite part of the cycle. There are people who love the wash, they love the rinse or the spin or the drain. I'm a spin guy. I love the spin. There it go. My name is John Charles and I'm a washer collector uh, enthusiast. Laundry day. The club got started around 1987, I think, and now we have like three thousand members from all over the world. But we get together for wash-ins, you do laundry till like four in the morning, you do your margaritas and your laundry together. The to laundry. The laundry to laundry We watch the cycles. You'll see a lot of us just stand there and watch the whole cycle go through. Home, oh, oh my god, god. everywhere all 3,000 of us come in with a story like, I thought I was the only one. I thought I was the only person in the world that did this. In the collection, I've got 59 machines, and I've got 22 hooked up and running down here in the basement. I have a good representation of everything that was made from 1938 to today. And I take them all apart and I restore them because I want to know how everything works inside the machine. And then the laundry is, for me, it's sort of like the frosting on the cake. These machines represent a lot of ways of doing things in each decade that changed that we no longer do. And I think it's something that should be preserved for other people if we can get them interested. I just can't go to a cocktail party and say, how's your washer doing? They'd look at me like I was crazy, but I can get together with these guys, let my hair down. Uh, it's just so much fun to be able to have a conversation about it, because I know laundry's a chore for everybody else, but for us, it's it's play.
3: While there are some people who enjoy hobbies such as, well, free climbing or skydiving or even bungee jumping, there are others who, their activities are somewhat dull. And they're extremely proud of it.
5: Collecting milk bottles, following brown road signs, spotting village water pumps, taking pictures of tombstones, appreciating roundabouts. These are dull things to do, aren't they? Welcome to the Dull Men's Club. I am Grover Click. I'm assistant vice president of the Dull Men's Club and one of its founders. The Dull Men's Club is a group that get together to celebrate the ordinary. Yeah, it began in the 1980s, a long time ago. We began in, in New York City and later I moved to London and the Dull Men's Club followed me and it's grown here in England as well. It's got members both in England and America and across the world. The last time we did a roundup putting all things together, it looked like we had about 5,000 members. So here are the people that do things that some people think are dull. Here's Steve.
6: I'm a milk bottle collector. have some 20,000 milk bottles from not just the UK, but all over the world. Germany, France, South Africa, Hong Kong, Portugal. I've got Iranian bottles. Uh, I don't like milk at all. I just don't like it. Sorry.
5: And we have some women that are interested in the Dole Men's Club. Here's Amanda. My quirky hobby is randomly following brown tourist signs. Yep, you heard her right. I get inspired to turn off the road whenever I see one, and I find it very hard not to. I follow brown signs around the UK and indeed the whole world. So I've now been to thousands and thousands. We also have a member that appreciates roundabouts.
6: I'm Kevin, and I'm the president of the UK Roundabout Appreciation Society, also known as Lord of the Rings. That's my official title. I have taken thousands of pictures of roundabouts, even when I'm abroad on holiday. I know a lot of people would find my hobby quite dull, but it's bright being dull. It's sexy being dull.
5: And next is a member that is just dying to get into a graveyard.
6: I'm a tomb traveller, and I take pictures of famous graves around the globe. Uh, probably over the years four or five hundred uh, on various parts of the world. Kennedy, Martin Luther King, Bruce Lee and Brandon Lee, Elvis Presley, Ludwig van Beethoven, Charlie Chaplin. Uh, well, I don't feel that I'm a dull man, but people have said that, but I prefer to think that I've got a rounded hobby an in interest. It takes my mind away from work. And
5: we have Dick, who's spotting village water pumps.
7: And it all came about through accident. Ten years ago, somebody pointed out a tiny little pump by the side of the road, and almost every village you went through, I'd see there's a pump. I mean, just slam the brakes on and jump out and take a picture of the pump.
5: It's okay to be dull. There are a lot of studies being done now that boredom has got benefits. We're not so interested in the glitz and glam. We're quite happy with simple things in life.
3: collect coins are known as numismists. Huh, try to say that. People who collect stamps are known as philatelists. But what do you call someone who collects old vinyl records from over the years of great artists? I'd say you call
8: them pretty cool. I'm uh, Nick Catalano, owner of Beatnik Records and I've uh, been collecting records since 1959. Although I would not use the word collecting, I would use the word appreciating music and owning artifacts since 1959. First record I ever bought was Connie Francis' Brill Cream album. It came free or for 19 cents or whatever it was with the purchase of a uh, tube of Brill Cream. I have to say it wasn't the best record I've ever owned in my life. The first LP I ever got as a gift, a Dwayne Eddy album. It's been a permanent love affair of my entire life. One I hope never ends. I had an older cousin who was a teenager when Elvis came along. I would go to his house, because parents lived close by, every Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon, and he would just let me play his 45s and he had stacks and stacks of them. So I just fell in love with it then. I was like seven or eight years old. Then I started discovering things on my own. My day they had bags of 45s, like 10 for a dollar or something, And you, but you didn't know what you were getting except for the outer two. So that's how I got into discovering people I'd never heard of that didn't play on the radio or didn't make it. Records are like art. You buy the ones you like. If you're judicious in your purchases, you'll always keep your collection. First, determine what you like. Start with that. Everybody has to have Johnny Burnett Trio. Garage bands wouldn't exist without that. Bands like the Yardbirds, two or three of their songs were played by the Yardbirds. You have to have an Elvis record to start your collection. The first one is always the best one, just to start with, and then you can move on from there. Okay? So, there's two Elvis periods, the young Elvis and then the old Guy uh, period, which we want won't debate that either. Uh, you have to have Little Richard. You have to have something like The Pretty Things. I mean, there's so much good music somebody about like, Have you ever heard of Julie London? This album here, Cry Me a River by Diana Carlison. This is the version you want. This is all Rockabilly, Bo Diddley, uh, Ronnie Hawkins. One of the best records ever. Sam Cooke, Oscar Tony Jr. Fantastic record. You're familiar with Otis James, right? A must-have would be something like this. I'll show you Otis Redding, known as his complete masterpiece. Although I personally think that all of his records are great. So that's just me. There's so many people you've never heard of. Bobby Patterson, Obie Wright. I don't even have any records on them because I can't keep them in song. As far as I'm concerned, this is where it all started. The uh, first Beatle album. I have a preference for the nostalgic side of the first records but the later ones like abbey road and sergeant pepper and those are the ones that i appreciate more as an adult possibly the best rolling stones album ever there's a song on here called down the road a the first one on side two the best relentless groove i've ever heard in my life it just goes on and on you like you can't understand music being that good and that's it there's many more but i don't want to mention all of them Gotta stop somewhere. I gotta stop somewhere, yeah. Well, yeah, that reminds
3: me it's time for us to stop and take a short break. But never fear, we'll be back soon with more hobbies and diversions that people like to get themselves off into when we return.
9: It's Friday night and you got nothing to do. There's some poster board down
0: on aisle 2 Sticks and cotton balls. We're located down by the Bingo Hall. Paper Machine. What do you say? My name is Hobby Lobby Bobby. If you like arts and crafts, just call me. I can
9: teach you or My name is Hobby Lobby Bobby.
0: So I'm back here in Kentucky. The Wild Turkey Distillery, and I want to let you know in on something. The folks here and I have created a new small batch of bourbon, Wild Turkey Long Branch, refined with Texas Mesquite Charcoal for smoky sweetness. It is my favorite bourbon on the planet. Wild Turkey Long Branch. Real bourbon,
1: no apologies. I want to be She's out of
10: you feeling sluggish and slow like a turtle in a shell? You don't know have to drag your feet anymore with the help of Token Turtle CBD in Aranda's Pass, Texas. Their store offers a wide range of CBD options including flour, pre-rolls, edibles, relief rubs, vapes, and more to help you move and groove with ease. And the best part, CBD has been known to help with skin issues, inhibit cancer cell growth, stress, anxiety, PTSD, epilepsy, and even lower your A1C. So say goodbye to sluggishness and hello to a new zest for life. Visit Token Turtles CBD at 361 South Commercial Street, Suite F, or check out their website shop at shop tokenturtles.com to learn more. You can even give him a call at 361-434-0063 if you just have any questions or just want to chat with the friendly staff so why not come out of your shell and see what all the fuss is about token turtle cbd is available seven days a week from 9 a.m to 9 p.m so there's always time to give them a try plus who knows maybe you'll discover your inner zen turtle
9: I Podcast, podcast,
5: podcast, podcast. I've been thinking lately about the people I meet, the car wash on the corner, and the hole in the street my ankles hurt with shoes on my feet i'm wondering if i'm gonna see tomorrow father forgive us for what we must do you forgive us and we'll forgive you we'll forgive each other till we both turn blue then we'll whistle angle fishing in heaven
3: Tournament fishing is a dynamic and exciting hobby that combines skill, strategy, and an unwavering passion for the water. As the prizes continue to grow, more anglers are drawn to this thrilling pursuit, embarking on a journey that tests their abilities and brings them closer to nature. Whether it's for the love of the sport, the thrill of the competition, or the chance to reel in impressive rewards, tournament fishing continues to captivate and inspire anglers around the world. And unfortunately, it tends to inspire the more shady, fishy characters as well.
8: Jake Runyon, weighing a big fish. Our current team of the year.
9: If you believe those who were there, this is the moment a lot of eyebrows started to go up. Anglers Jacob Runyon and Chase Kaminsky leading yet another fishing tournament.
2: Your new leaders... Locking it in, team of the year. Definitely
9: team of the year champions. They even headed up to take their pictures at the Lake Erie Walleye Fishing Competition, ready to claim almost 30 grand in prize money. But watch closely when just moments later the event's organizer, Jason Fisher, decides to check the belly of one of those fish.
0: We got weights and fit! There we go!
9: From then on, it's a mob-calling foul in a way only true fishermen can. Jason Fisher wasn't done investigating, finding almost eight pounds of lead weights and a bunch of fresh looking fish fillets inside. A fillet fish. Meanwhile, Jake Runyon, still standing there, asked point blank what he was thinking.
2: Do you have anything to say, Jake? Hey, 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 you call
9: Angler Steve Hendricks and Brian Ulmer finished fourth. They couldn't believe what they were seeing, or at least almost couldn't
0: believe it. Finally, we don't have to deal with this anymore, and we finally got rid of the problem that everybody suspected. so I just hope, I just hope they hammer them.
9: Turns out it's not the first time Runyon and Kaminsky have been suspected of cheating. Last year, they were disqualified from another championship after one of them failed a polygraph. According to reports, Runyon said he was innocent and got a lawyer. As for this past weekend, law enforcement is now involved. Ohio's Department of Natural Resources released a statement saying they've collected evidence and are preparing a report for prosecutors.
10: Fishing is supposed to be a gentleman's sport where you are supposed to be honest. And for these guys to come in and do this was just absolutely reprehensible.
9: Now, we reached out to Runyon and Kaminsky for comment, but we haven't heard back. Now, that local lawyer we spoke with, who's not connected to the case, said the two men could face felony charges, fines, and possibly some prison time. Guys, wow. Wow. There is
10: nothing sacred anymore. Talk about the scales of justice.
9: But wait a minute. (laughs) Wait a minute. I'm, you know what? I applaud that. That was well
2: done. Well, you know, they they decided to do it just for the halibut. Oh, God. I I, I know
3: how that eventually turned out.
4: Two men who cheated in the Cleveland Fishing Tournament will spend 10 days in jail for that. 42-year-old Jacob Runyon and 36-year-old Chase Kaminsky pleaded guilty to felony cheating and unlawful ownership of wild animals. This all started when they weighed down the fish they caught in that Lake Erie walleye tournament to get $28,000 in cash money. Today, the two tried to plead their case in court. I just want to apologize to everyone.
9: It's a bad situation. And it's something I wish I could say didn't happen.
2: That. That one better than that. I'm
8: sorry. I'm shamed. Most ignorant decision I've ever made in my life. I apologize to my family as well. They were all
4: there for me. Now, after serving their 10 days, they'll be put on probation for a year and a half. Their fishing licenses will be suspended for three years. And from now on, the tournament will be using metal detectors to check fish when they're weighed. think you got you a fish on
10: there
3: buddy if you like getting out and stretching your legs and you know just moving about in the outdoors as part of your hobby activities then you might want to give geocaching a try
2: geocaching is a high-tech treasure hunting game played throughout the world by adventure seekers equipped with gps devices the basic idea is to go outside and locate hidden containers called geocaches using a gps enabled device The GPS coordinates of geocaches are listed on geocaching.com. All you need to do is plug these coordinates into your GPS device and head outside to find the cache. Geocaching is a great way to explore locations near and far. With over a million geocaches hidden worldwide, there are geocaches for every type of adventurer to find. The journey in discovering a geocache is often the greatest reward. Your GPS device will help you navigate close to the cache, but once you are close, you'll have to discover the geocache on your own. Geocaches can be very cleverly hidden. When you find a cache, sign the logbook. If you take something from the cache, leave something of equal or greater value in its place so that there's something there for the next geocachers to find. When you're done, please remember to re-hide the cache exactly as you found it. When you return from your geocaching adventure, visit geocaching.com to log your find and share your experiences with the community. Anyone can use coordinates found at geocaching.com to locate geocaches. All you need to get started is a free, basic membership at geocaching.com and a GPS device or a GPS-enabled mobile phone. Ready to give it a try? Visit the membership page to create your geocaching.com membership. Or the Getting Started page for information on buying a GPS device, choosing a geocache that's right for you, and more helpful tips.
3: captivating hobby where enthusiasts build miniature train layouts. It requires patience, attention to detail, and a love for craftsmanship. Each layout is a work of art with carefully crafted tracks, landscapes, and buildings. Joy comes from designing and constructing these miniature worlds, watching the trains come to life. Model railroading offers a peaceful escape and fosters a sense of community amongst its fans. It's a wonderful blend of art engineering, and storytelling that brings joy and wonder to those who pursue it. And those who pursue it are wide and varied and may surprise you. It's a hobby. People have hobbies. This happens to be
6: mine. This Maryland basement is home to one man's lifelong passion.
7: I'm proud of it. It's definitely
6: a Covering almost 3,000 square feet, Howard Zane's huge handcrafted model train land is renowned as one of the finest in America and could be worth a staggering amount of money.
7: I would say probably around two million. But I hate to do that because I really don't know. I couldn't price it up. It's hard to say. And while it's the love of his life,
6: thankfully, his third wife doesn't mind.
1: I fully support it. And the best part of all is I always know where Howard is. He's always in the basement. He's not out at the pubs or the bars. He is working on his layout and having a great time. So I I think it's a great hobby. It could be worse. Even if he's uh, training a whole length, that's perfectly okay.
6: 77-year-old began work on his Piermont Division layout 30 years ago when he retired and went into business selling his custom-made scale
7: buildings and trains. It looks like it's very expensive, but 90% of the buildings are scratch built, which means they're not kits. So my material cost, let's say, uh, oh, like a building like this over here would probably be less than $25. And so now if these were kits or had somebody build it, or I also built professional layouts for other people. I did. I'm retired from that now. A layout this size would cost around three million dollars. But I can't put a dollar amount on this because, as I said, everything, most of the stuff, is scratch built. The only thing really of value are the model
6: the huge layout features around 1,400 feet of track, equivalent to 23 scale miles, and it takes an hour to complete one circuit.
7: About everybody on this planet has some kind of an affinity or liking of trains. Uh, Some carry it out a little further than others, like myself. My inspiration was my father. I got my first train layout at age three. So it was in my blood.
6: Howard's friends have been a big
7: help. I bring groups down here quite often and people's jaw just drops to the floor as soon as they walk down that steps and they see what's here. And experience it in person, it blows those
5: expectations away. I mean, right. it's remarkable the amount of passion that I think it conveys that Howard has for this hobby. It's just inspirational. He's probably 24 by 7. Yeah. <laughs> wake up in the middle of
8: the night the and say, I want to build something and he's done this.
6: But his obsession with model railways has had an effect on his love life.
7: My first wife was, uh, the trains were a competition for, for time. She didn't quite understand. My second wife, she thought I should be more serious. So it's, it, it got to be a problem after a while. Sandy is an artist. Uh, She's a fiddle player and she understands art. And she understands thoroughly why I'm down here and play with this thing, our building.
1: I have a wing of the house for my own, uh, which is Howard has trains everywhere else. In fact, you see trains going around the kitchen, uh, the dining room, the living room, everywhere else. But uh, I do have my own space.
6: And although his railway might expand in the future,
7: size isn't everything. I just want to maintain a certain level of quality. If Howard expanded, it would bring it up to 4,400 square feet. It's one of the largest in the area.
1: He certainly talks about uh, having a train under his pillow at night. I think if he could, he would, but uh, we don't go that far. The <laughs> question is whether Howard is has some psychological <laughs> obsession or impairment and uh, possibly, but it's a good one.
3: Hobbies are as varied as the people on this big blue planet. From model railroading to tournament fishing and everything in between, there's a hobby out there for everyone. So whether you're crafting, gaming, or collecting spoon handles, hey, don't knock it till you've tried it, embrace your passion and indulge in some well-deserved me time. Because let's be honest, hobbies aren't just about having fun. They're also a vital tool for maintaining sanity in an insane world. So go ahead, dive into your favorite pastime and let those mental health benefits flow like a donut's glaze. Keep calm, find your happy place, and remember, hobbies can make life a little less crazy. Stay curious, my friends. Until next time, I'm Terry Thompson. This is the ABI 1.0 Podcast. See ya.
8: You're such a stay.